This year at SEC Media Days, right? You're you're trying to talk people into convincing them like this kid's good. <laughs> like we had a top five people list. People are losing their mind, dude. And nobody had him in their top five. Hello and welcome. We are in Los Angeles, SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California. Right behind me is exactly where the national championship will be determined here a little bit over 24 hours from now. Very, very excited about being here, excited about visiting with the teams yesterday in the media day settings. Both teams, to be honest with you, a little bit more relaxed. I was kind of hoping we'd be able to draw some conclusions from their media day performances, but we weren't able to do that. Nobody posted any bulletin board material either. It appears, I guess, the biggest piece of news coming out of media days, Kendry Miller, the TCU running back who was injured and was limited in the Michigan game. He's probably going to give it a go, but he said that his MCL, that sprained right knee, only at 50%. So other than that, really wasn't a whole lot of news to be taken from the media days, but we've been here now for a couple days. It's time to talk to some experts on the topic. You've heard what I have to say about the national championship, but you probably want to hear from David Pollack. You're going to want to hear from Sam Acho, who, by the way, is our resident Horned Frog Homer. You'll understand it here in just a little bit. Here with Georgia Bulldog legend, but more importantly, the host of the Family Goals podcast, David Pollack. What is Family Goals? Uh, it's something that me and my pastor started. It's really, really cool. Yeah. So, I mean, we're all going through life and screwing a lot of this stuff up pretty badly <laughs> as, a, as a dad, as a husband, as a father. Like, we talk a lot about youth league sports yeah. and um, the ins and outs and how to be how to, how to deal with it, how to be better, how to be better husbands. So it's, it's really a self-improvement, uh, biblically-based, you know, um, podcast that we're just trying to, we're trying to help men and, and, and anybody really just get through life. And we've had Ben Watson and Coach Rick and Tony Dungy, and we've had a ton of guys on just talking about their stories and ways to overcome and ways to be kind of a light in the darkness. Well, I've loved, I've watched some of them. I've been, I'm going to get back to it a little bit here now that the season's wrapping. You're too, you're too busy in a lab watching tape right it's now. It's been and busy. I'm, I'm going to catch up. I owe you a listen. I owe Tessa Torres podcast a listen. I'm, I'm going to catch up, but I look forward to, to dialing it in. Speaking of dialing in this game, uh, you obviously Georgia alum. You saw the championship last year. Help us understand, as someone that lives in Athens, what the environment's been like since winning the championship last year. Uh, I think I don't think people understand how long that drought was. Like, in the best way that I've I've described it to people is, I remember when Ringo got that interception, and I remember walking from one side to the other because one of my biggest Bulldog fans I know, and donor, and just lives, eats, sleeps, breathes football. I walked to that side, and I swear to goodness, there was every, first two rows. I mean, eight out of ten grown men crying. <laughs> I mean, I just it just like what people don't get, especially if you don't live in the South, is like this is a family affair. It's yeah. passed down from granddad to generation. Yes, yes. and you go to games, and, and Georgia's been so close so many times. And in my years, in 2012, I mean, all these years you could go back to and point to these big plays yeah. and where they came up short. And so I think finally to win it, um, it was unbelievable. And I think coming into this year, everybody's like, ah. Eh, got a championship like it's okay and now to be where you're at and to reload and in Bama type fashion like you guys have done for so many years um losing 15 guys to the draft and being back I think it's a little bit surprised still that they're that they're here again but I, I'm pretty sure they'll be well represented and going nuts it is funny to me though because I feel like it's happened quickly like last year I was talking I did basically like a three-day circuit in Athens and LaGrange in Atlanta, talked to Georgia Bulldog fans, and it was actually very convenient because we had just done Georgia's game against Missouri. 
And I felt like I was having to talk so many fans off the cliff about Stetson Bennett being their starting quarterback. Like, oh, yeah. dude, he's, I'm telling you he's good, but we can't beat Bama with him. And now, fast forward, not only has he won a championship, but he's been in New York as a Heisman finalist. When did Bulldog fans finally flip the switch with him, thinking, all right, this dude's legit? I think it was probably last year at the national championship game. Like that See, was, but I just that was felt pro- like, like I did the spring game last year oh, and Carson Beck went in there and I think up they'd have been okay. like, I think people would, if, <laughs> if Stetson left, I think people right. would still live in like, oh, it was a great story. Like, he's probably not going to do it again. Yeah. So I, I think there's still – I mean, I remember last year – it's just like anything else, man. When you're a when you're a, a CEO of a company and it's a small startup company and you're not a, working at Microsoft or, or <laughs> Apple or whatever it is, like when you come from those brands and you're a five star kid and you come into that world, it's like everybody knows you, respects you, love you. When you come right. from the bottom, you got to kind of grind and you got to prove everybody wrong. I'll never forget last year before the Orange Bowl doing get up with Greeny, and I swear to goodness, I was pissed. I was so infuriated. His question to me was, should Georgia bet bench Stetson Bennett? Because he didn't play great in the SEC championship game. And I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, that's <laughs> not a question you ask about a team that was undefeated and a guy that's played so great all year long since he took the reins. Um, I'll never forget last year, beginning of the season, just talking about Stetson and being like, I think he's the best fit for this team. Right. And, and talking to Georgia players on the sideline of the South Carolina game early in the year. Well, that was and I had really to tra- early. Yeah, yeah. And, and I had, to, I, had to, I had to try to convince all of them. And they still weren't convinced that he was going to be the – this year at SEC Media Days. Right. You're, you're trying to talk people into convincing them, like, this kid's we, good. We had, like, like, we had a top five people list. People were losing their mind. Dude, and nobody had him in their top five. Like, not even in the SEC. Right. You're like, Will Levis, so-and-so, so-and-so. And like – I mean, what do you mean? I had him second. People are killing me. I mean, it's killing it's me. been an unreal story, and I think people get a little bit sick and tired of hearing it now because you've heard it for right. for two years. But you just don't see you don't see people that believe in themselves that much. That coaches and everybody counts you out. But somebody forgot to tell Stetson, and yeah. Stetson forgot to listen. And because of that, he goes ten for twelve in the Peach Bowl in the fourth quarter for one hundred and ninety three yards and two touchdowns, and makes some ridiculous, stupid throws. The one to Bowers over the middle. I, I still right. don't know how he completed. The one on that final drive, it was insane between two guys. But it's been unreal. It's been an unreal ride with a guy that all the hype to get quarterbacks they've had in the past, but this is the guy that takes you out of a drought <laughs> and has a chance to go back-to-back. It is wild. I mean, so many great quarterbacks over the years, from Stafford to, I mean, even the guys Aaron that are Murray, on, David Aaron, Green. Oh, there's a million of them. Yeah. I mean, a million of them. Zaire, I mean, so many guys. Great players. What, what about the defense? Because I do feel like I don't want to say they're being criticized, but I feel like people are kind of, eh, you know, the defense, yeah, they're, they're all right, they're talented, but maybe not playing great at the moment. Gave a bunch of yards against LSU, got a bunch of points, gave a bunch of yards, a bunch of points against Ohio State. Like, where are you right now with their defense? I think after going back and watching the Ohio State game, I think you get a little bit more clarity about what happened. I think Ohio State – First of all, nobody knew C.J. Stroud could run like Move that. like that. Nobody right. did. Like, you're okay with him and getting outside the pocket. That's sure. not, that's not, that wasn't an issue, but, man, did he prove you wrong with that. I thought he was amazing. I thought them rolling the pocket was unbelievable. Yeah. Ohio State did a great job. What does job. that do to a defensive lineman? Because I, I, I thought that changes the launch point. We always talk about changing the launch point. As a D lineman that's hell-bent on getting after the quarterback, what does that it do? It takes away all your one-on-one matchups is what it does. You don't get a chance to have a guy in the pocket where I can get a one-on-one matchup. They're going to slide the protection one direction, and he's going to roll out. And here's the thing. As a defense now, I have to guess right with my blitz. Like, I, I can bring pressure all I want, but if all the guys are moving this direction, I bring pressure in the middle, it just gets mushed up. Like, right. nothing gets to the quarterback. So, But you have to be able to have the arm strength as a quarterback to roll right 
and throw back left. And some of those throws C.J. Stroud made, what made were just he's one of a couple guys in college football that can make that throw. So yeah. I thought he was uh, I thought he was incredible. I think Georgia was okay getting him outside the pocket, getting coming with an inside rush and saying get outside the pocket. Well. C.J. Stroud looked amazing, and he yeah. scrambled. Max Duggan, I think they know better. They're not going to let him out of the cage. The rushes will be more controlled. The secondary, by the way, Marvin Harrison Jr., Johnson is good. Yeah. He ain't Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, I, I mean, nobody right. is. That yeah. dude's a freak at his size and his nuanced route running and his body control is just silly. Um, so, again, I don't think many people can repl- replicate what, they, uh, what Ohio State did, just at the quarterback spot, at the receiver spot. Um, but Keely Ringo, I think, will be a big deal in this game. And he did I think, not play well the other night. I you mean, know, he just didn't. It, it's interesting. Um, I, I get harassed by Georgia fans all the time, and Ringo, Ringo, Ringo. Right. And uh, in the cha- in the championship in the Peach Bowl the other day, Stroud was 17 of 18 when targeting anyone else besides Ringo. Right. For 300 yards, three touchdowns. He was six of 13 for 69 y- yards when targeting Ringo. So. He actually played pretty well. He's asked to do a lot. Like, he's asked to, he's asked to play man-to-man coverage a lot. He's not an elite, like, change of direction guy, but straight line and size, it's kind of freaky. Right. He's really good. Um, but I don't think they have an elite guy that's going to just lock him down. But Johnston, different route runner. Right. Lines up on the same side 80%, 90% of the time. Um, more of a you can jam him. Not, not a guy that's going to be you know nuanced and super quick twitch and change route. So I could see Ringo shadowing Johnston maybe a little bit more because you know what side he's going to be on, which is a defense that makes it a lot easier than no doubt. three or four guys having to communicate if he's <laughs> in the slot. Um, so I think the pass defense struggled. I think the pass rush wasn't very good. Had a lot to do with that. And I think the scheme that Ohio State ran was, was fantastic. It was really good, man. Well, we appreciate you, dude. Thanks so much. Family Goals Podcast. Check it out. Also, final score prediction. Are you making one yet? Don't have to hold you to them yet. I haven't made one yet, but I don't mind. I don't care. Um, I think Do you care about anything? Nothing bothers me, no. Um, <laughs> I, think, I, think it's 30, I, I think it's 30-something to 20-something. I, I, think, Georgia's, I think Georgia's clearly a better team than, yeah. than TCU. I think, I think the defense will play a lot better than they did last week. And, I, and I, I, TCU's slot defenders – Arian Smith in there, Brock Bowers in there, McConkie in there. Um, that's the strength, I think, of Georgia's passing attack. Right. I think it's going to be a tough matchup for Clark and company in that slot. So Arian's arrival's big. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. 
Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. 10 100. <laughs> that's like big. That's called, that's that bayou speed. That you're, he's bayou, and you're like, crap, what do I do? Grab him like something. Uh, and, and all the injuries they've had. Like, yeah. But that, that's kind of cool, too, with Georgia. Like, they don't have an 800-yard rusher. Right. They don't have an 800-yard receiver. Like, they got Bowers. But right. it, it's just amazing. Like, this isn't a, you know, a star-dominant team. Like, right this, is a, this is a team of collective individuals that play really well together. And sometimes some people step up, sometimes other people step up. And, I mean, TCU's been a team, too, and they've been a complete story and a fun story, too. And they got a bunch of firsts that they, in the history of college football that they could do. So I think it's going to be a heck of a matchup. It's going to be awesome, man. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank Appreciate you, it, brother. Absolutely. Good luck to your dogs. Thank you. Thank you. All right, brother. All right, here with former Texas Longhorn great, Chicago Bear grade, a couple other stops along yeah, the way. Yeah. Where else? Uh, Arizona, Arizona, Tampa Bay, Tampa. I was a tiny bit with Buffalo in training camp. Buffalo my last for year. a cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. so well traveled to say the <laughs> least. Sam Acho joining us here. I actually played against Sam in the national championship in yeah. 2010, yeah. Uh, January of 10, yeah. nine season. Yeah. Not that we need to bring that up. It just comes up naturally sometimes. I had two sacks in that game. You were the quarterback who I sacked, so I will claim well, that. I, at least you didn't sack my backup. At least I was in there. But you guys, unfortunately, had the backup in. Uh, uh, well, but, can we talk about something different, Greg? Uh, like, we haven't well, talked about Well, you won this. the academic Heisman. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I finished second or third or whatever, but you won. And what was uh, win or go home yeah. type of scenario, so you won that. Uh, so you got the last laugh in that regard. But, Sam, we're so appreciative of you joining us here. Uh, you've been at ESPN now for a couple years. Yep. yep. You have been on every possible show, <laughs> I feel like, for the last couple years, too. Have you enjoyed this transition so far? I've loved it. I've loved it. I didn't know I would like it this much, to be honest, because um, – like, so when you finished playing, like, or we, you told a little bit of your story. Maybe you shared it here, how you got into this industry, right? Right. Like, won a national championship, right? Did it, had some time in the NFL, but you almost started, you had, like, a seven-year head start. And then, like, I came in, and it was, everything was new and different. And how right. do you, you know, okay, some shows, you have 15 seconds to get a whole <laughs> idea across. Some shows, all right, it's a 30-second deal. We have to be very specific and succinct. Other shows, right. you have two, three minutes to try and argue. And so... For me, all of it, a lot of it's been learning, trying to understand, and I'm still in a, lot of, in a lot of ways trying to find my niche, like find where I really, where my groove is. Like watching you do games, like you and Tess, like it's like, oh man, like there's a comfort level. And you've shared like, oh yeah, dude, like when I first started, I wasn't, no it wasn't idea. this. Right. But now it's like, oh dude, like it's just, it's smooth and easy. And so I'm early in the process. So I'll probably be leaning on you to try and like get some tips of the <laughs> tips and tricks. But like, I've loved it. It's just been all right, where is going to be home, if that right. makes any sense. So the next step, though, is is making sure that you don't wear the colors of the team that you're oh. covering. That's like the next step of development. But Yo, that, rookie mistake. I mean, not a rookie it happens. Mistake. It happens. It's not a big deal. Uh, is that a burnt orange tie, though? I mean, like, uh, It's we? really close, actually. Yeah, that's that's to make you feel at home. I appreciate uh, it. Orange is a very safe color uh, in this matchup, for sure, even though Texas and Tennessee yeah. fans yeah. not necessarily loved by those yeah. that are in the, in the audience. But tell, help me. So we're... We love the state of Texas. We're yeah. big in the state of Texas. Yeah. You look at the podcast numbers, our downloads, all crazy Texas. in the state of Texas. 
TCU, like we grew up with TCU. Yeah. And to me, like everyone's saying that this is this Cinderella startup. Like, yeah. oh, I can't believe TCU's here. Yeah. Dude, that's not the TCU I grew up with. They've yeah. been really good for a long time. So like your thoughts just as a Texan. Yes. About TCU in general and where they are kind of in the stratosphere of college football. For sure. So my first, my, my freshman year at Texas, uh, we were playing, it was, I think it was week two. I didn't play my first game. I didn't know if we were gonna, I was going to redshirt, what have you. We had a guy who got suspended. Another guy got injured. All of a sudden, they're like, hey, Sam, find your helmet, get in the game. And I get in the game, we're playing TCU. Yeah. And it was Andy Dalton. And he was a the quarterback there. And like my first play, I got a sack on Andy Dalton. I was pumped. It was amazing. The coach <laughs> took me off the field because apparently I wasn't supposed to be out there. Like right. the head coach was like, don't play him. A position coach needed somebody. But it was like, oh, this is little old TCU. Right. Well, then all of a sudden, after that game, you see TCU and Andy Dalton kind of build this program into a perennial winner. Not even necessarily powerhouse, but a winner. And you look at Gary Patterson, what he built there. Because I'm a, I, I play defensive man, outside linebacker. So I was watching guys like Jerry Hughes. And I'm like, man, this, this not only this guy, but this defense is dominant. Right. And then so you kind of watch that trajectory. And then being at Texas, TCU was beating – like I was in the NFL, but TCU was beating us – pretty often over the last several years. And so I'm saying, man, what's going on? How come we can't beat TCU? And then this year rolls around, and nobody can beat TCU. Right. This year rolls around, and yes, they're down in all these games. People are trying to count them out, but they keep on coming back. So I think a game like this could, and we talked about it on one of our other shows, like could put TCU kind of on the map. But being from Texas and then also going to Texas and you know understanding what it's like, I still feel like, it's going to take a lot for the brand to grow the way that it could, right? And it might sound like, might sound, you know, not selfish, but it might, it's just, TCU, I think they want to be taken seriously. For sure. And winning, making the playoff, beating Michigan has people in the, have them in the conversation, but it seems like people still don't take them seriously. Yeah. It's almost like when Gonzaga was coming up in yes. hoops, like they were really good for a long time, but. Yeah. It's almost like no one really, they're like, yeah, they're good, but, you know, they'll bow out early. They're, yeah. you know, they only play St. Mary's in the regular yeah. season. Like, and then ultimately, like, you find out, like, that's not the case. Like, this team can go. Yeah. Same can be said with TCU and what they've accomplished in football. And they've done so many amazing things over the years to commit to the program. Finding their way into the Big 12 is huge. Yeah. But, man, the, the product, at least in my era of enjoying and consuming college football, has been really, really good for a long time. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I'd say about TCU is I know the guys that I knew that got recruited by TCU, yeah. and they all had one thing in common. They could run. They were really fast. They must have gone to Texas Relays <laughs> yes, and like yes. recruited dudes right off the track because yeah. it's like everyone that they had could flat out fly. Mm. Did you know anybody that you came up with in high school that were recruited by TCU? Did they have any commonalities? Yeah, I, I'm, not, you know, I'm not recalling too many people who I know at least on the offense side of the ball, who had that kind of speed. I know Jerry Hughes specifically, like right. he was a running back beforehand. Then he came and he played defensive end at TCU. So like, this is a dude who's chasing after quarterbacks, but he's got this running back background. Yeah. So I know about that. But then you think about like the speed of people from Texas in general, right? You could, there are certain states, right? Georgia or Florida, but like Texas, a lot of people, you're known, a lot of places in Texas is known for their speed. And then you hear about TCU here, are they trained speed? And I heard Quentin Johnson talking about it in his interview. They asked him, hey, how do you train speed? And he said some things. But the fact of the matter is, like, fast people run fast. Yeah. So, like, they have a lot of fast people on their team. Was it Darius Davis? Like, he's, he was clocked faster than any NFL player, their kick returner, punt returner, and, and even receiver. So there are so many fast players on this team. 
And I think that's what gives them an, over, an advantage over a lot of other teams, right? They got you know, big plays, what, 21 plays over 50 yards, 12 plays over 60 yards, both lead college football. So, yes, they coach team speed, but they also recruit fast people. That gives them an advantage. Yeah, when you think about uh, what Sonny Dykes has been, um, you played against yeah. – Sonny Dykes, when he was an offensive coordinator at Texas Tech. Yeah. Obviously, that was a long time ago. He's changed a lot since then. He's since been to Louisiana Tech and Cal and, yeah. and SMU, obviously, and now finally at TCU. But what do you remember about going up against his offense at that time? Obviously, like I said, very different now, but still some of the same ideals as what they use. Yeah, well, back in like the Texas Tech days, or at least when I remember playing those offenses, people talked a lot about air raid, and that, that was true. It was a lot of passing, and, and, and it was an air raid. But the thing that we looked at a lot was, man, they love to run the ball. Like, this team wants to run the ball. So you can't just line up wide and go get after the quarterback. If you do, or if you have a light box, they're going to run the ball on you. And it seems like they would gash people, us, often. It's like one run, the few runs they'd have would be eight-yard gains, 10-yard gains, 12-yard gains. And so that was a frustrating part. The perception was they're just going to throw the ball, you know, chunk it down the field. But as a front for player, I'm realizing, no, I need to play the run. So it makes it hard because you want to play the run, you want to get a sack, you want to get the quarterback. And even Will Muschamp, co-defensive coordinator at uh, Georgia, just said, he said most of their formations, most of their personnel, it's 50-50 run pass. Yeah. And so the misconception is, oh, they just want to throw it down the field, where the fact of the matter is this team is, is, is balanced in an interesting sort of way. Yeah. It's amazing to me how, how it's even – I mean, they, even since when they were – Head tech, like yeah. how it's adjusted, now running the ball has really become even more important. A couple more things uh, before we get you out of here. Both quarterbacks really, really active. You, yeah. as a defensive lineman yeah. that's going to come after the quarterback, if the guy is a really capable ball carrier yeah. and loves to create off-schedule plays, like how does that adjust your approach to the game, knowing that both quarterbacks have that escapability? You see it as an opportunity. I mean, a lot of people say, man, this quarterback's going to scramble, you got to be alert, but for me, I, I loved, of course, you love when quarterbacks sit in the pocket. You know, they're, you know, statues in so many ways. But I loved the opportunity to go against guys who were more elusive because, you know, they would try and they would give you more opportunities to get a sack. Right, right. And so that's the benefit. Now, the downside is you have to maintain the integrity of your rush lanes, as you know. If you get, if you, if you have three guys to one side or if one guy's too far up the field or both outside guys are so far up the field, now all of a sudden you're allowing Stetson Bennett or Max Duggan lanes that they shouldn't have. And now they – and both guys, like, sure, they'll, they'll extend plays with their legs, but also extend plays and, and with their arm as well. Yeah. And so that's the challenge and difficulty about playing either of these quarterbacks. And we saw it with C.J. Stroud, who's not necessarily known for being a mobile quarterback, but last week's game, he found ways to use his legs and make plays. And so there's, a, there's an excitement, but also this kind of fear, of, <laughs> like this could, be, this could be bad for us quickly. Right. Well, so when you guys are going and approaching and putting a plan in together along the defensive line, yep, yep. so do you say, all right, so Sam, this one's yours. Like, hey, yep. you, you go after, like, you get the go, you get the two-way go on yeah. this one. So, like, you point to, and then maybe there's a, a play call, like, your, yours yep. is Sam or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, how does that work? Yeah, so this, it's, it's interesting. That's a really great question, Greg. So some teams, like, it depends on what offense you're going against. But a lot of offenses, you'll have, like, we called it the hot side, which yeah. is like the two-man side. You have one-on-ones. Right. Or the side where the offensive lineman, the center, slides to. Yeah. Right? So some teams, if the back's on one side, the center will slide. We'll slide up. Bingo. Right. So if you know that as a defense, you'll say, hey, we're the hot side, hot, hot, hot left, hot right. So that means you know the guys on that side have a one-on-one. Right. And in defense, at least from a pass rush perspective, you have to win your one-on-ones. If you can't win a one-on-ones, then 
you might as well be out, not, not be out there. And so we would sometimes say, okay, hot left, hot right, let's attack it that way. Other times we say, hey, I'm the best guy on the field. I'm going to win my matchup. I'm going to line up wherever I want. You guys cover me. Yeah. So like, it'd be hot left, hot right. Other times it'd be cover me. I might, I might go inside. I might go outside. What does cover me mean? It means, hey, if I'm, if I'm on the inside, I might rush up field. So defensive end, I need you to cover me and come underneath and make it a natural, we call it, you know, the TE games, right? right? A text right. or an exit, right? So, excuse me, you can get really creative when you have really, really good rushers. And some of the guys on TCU, TCU I think has 30 sacks this year. Uh, they have a guy who has 10, 10 and a half sacks on the defensive line. So you can get creative with your pass rush lanes, but if you're, I don't know I'm going to say if you're wrong, you just need the other guys around you to make you right. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing to me. There's so much more going on along the defensive line. Like, yeah. you guys aren't just that dumb. You're just like pin <laughs> your ears back and go to the quarterback, right? Like, there's yeah. more to it. Yeah, but sometimes, honestly, Greg, like, <laughs> you joke, but sometimes you don't even need to think too much, yeah. right? Like, you, like uh, what's the dude from, uh, from LSU, uh, freshman, Her- uh, fr- Harold Her- Perkins. Perkins? Yeah. Like, this dude just goes. This dude just goes. He doesn't know any better. Doesn't know any better. <laughs> yeah, just roll. And so sometimes, sure, hot left, hot right, um, all this, all that. Other times it's like, I'm just going to go. Yeah. And those guys who can just go and don't even think, those oftentimes are the best ones. And then all of a sudden you have that in your arsenal. You get to guys like Von Miller who now they're setting you up. Yeah. I'm going to set you up with this move or that move. So there's a beauty, just like in the quarterback position, there's a beauty behind pass rush, a beauty on that defensive line when you're operating as a unit. But when you're not, that's when you see quarterbacks really extend plays, extend drives, and it can really hurt you. It's amazing, man. Great conversation. Like, we don't usually get, like, in the weeds yeah. along the defensive line, so we appreciate oh, you allowing sure, us to sure. go there. Yeah. Because that's a huge part of this game. It is. Like, Jalen Carlos guys get loose. Yeah. It's a wrap. I yeah. mean, or conversely, like, if they get too loose, right. Duggan's out. Right. So, right. I think that's a massive part of the game. I really yeah. do. And, the, like, to, to the Jalen Carter point, like, Jay, you said it earlier, Jalen Carter is going to be is the best player on the field. Uh, one of the – going to be, you know, one of the top players picked. If he he can destroy a game, destroy. But if you can allot two guys to him, yeah, maybe three, a little, you know, whatever. <laughs> and the other guys don't win, you have a chance on the offensive side of the ball. Right. So if Jalen Carter is going to get doubled, I'm not saying he will, but if he's going to get double teamed or maybe you know like people do with Aaron Donald, get extra eyes on him. Sure. The other players on that defensive line, no Nolan Smith, the other players have to win. Otherwise, Max Duggan's going to have a lot more time than you want him to have, especially with some of the struggles on the back end that Georgia's had when it comes to quarterbacks extending plays. We're not done. Uh, Sam and I are on TV pretty much all day, every day, uh, for the next 48 hours together, I might add. So we'll have some fun. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 
We appreciate it, buddy. Thanks I appreciate so much. You. Thank you. Absolutely. Hook them. Hook them. Hook right. Oh, let's go. We got the horns up. No, no you need to get. I don't know. If lean I can into do your that. colors. I got it. My people won't. They won't like me. But I'll wear the purple. I got purple. So. Hook em. <laughs> All right. Great visit here on the eve of the national championship. We have so much more coming for you tomorrow here on Always College Football. We're going to try our very best. We had talked about getting LaDainian Tomlinson and Eric Zire, but because of some issues, we're still trying to massage that process. But we might have a couple of surprises for you up our sleeves, so you're going to want to tune in on the Monday edition of Always College Football. So just come check us out on the ESPN YouTube channel, or if you're here with us via the podcast, please like, rate, and subscribe. It helps us out, and it helps the show out, so we look forward to visiting with you in the future episodes. Also, submit a question to us, especially if it's during the national championship. Always CFB on both Instagram and on Twitter. We will respond in the post game to some of your questions if you hit us up in our social media channels. So do it there. We look forward to our interactions. So we appreciate you so much for all of us here, and our crew is a whole heck of a lot bigger here in California for all of us here, but most notably Mark Kubiak, who's the brains of this operation. I'm Greg McElroy. This has been Always College Football.